Good morning. Uh, today, uh, we're continuing with what I've talked about as a nine-week series of messages, um, or revision teaching series. Uh, and just a reminder again, as I probably have each of the past three weeks, the messages are all somewhat interconnected. Uh, so if you miss one, I just encourage you to find a way to listen to it on your own. Uh, again, there's an app you can use. You can go to our website. I think they're usually through Facebook as well. Uh, if you need help with that, please touch base with me with regard to that. But just by way of very, very quick review, the first week we talked about the call to revision and just uh, a reminder, and it's a reminder that bears repeating over and over and over again far more often than I do, that everything changes. You change, the world changes, the church needs to be perpetually, continually adapting and changing, not compromising in the core beliefs, but understanding that to be effective, our methods have to be increasingly adapted to be effective as well. Then we looked at the call to prayer. And again, part of this revision emphasis is going all the way back to something some of us learned from Henry Blackaby's study, Experiencing God, the whole idea of finding out where God is moving and joining him in it. As I've said over and over and over again, we have a great capacity as humans to figure out what we think should be done and then say, God, join us in this. That's not nearly as effective as saying, God, show me what you're doing and help me join you in it. So that's part of what we're looking at. And again, as it says there, we cannot know where God is moving and join him if we don't ask him. And so just a reminder along those lines, Last week, we talked about the call to mission. We do what we do for a reason. Some of you were here at the tail end of the summer uh, when we had a message where we had a boat up here and we talked about fishing. You all remember that? Some of you do. Uh, but the, the, uh, the, the message was, if we say we're fishermen, we ought to go fishing from time to time. Okay. And we do what we do. We have a mission, and that mission is to take a life-changing message of the gospel, of the fact that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again to give every person the opportunity to enter into a real personal life-changing love relationship with God. We do what we do for a reason. Everything we do may not say, y'all got to get saved, But everything we do, we do for a reason to help people grow and enter into that relationship and continually develop that relationship. Today, we're looking at the call to maturity. Again, we'd like to think this is a given, but we're going to emphasize it today. Continued spiritual growth is the expectation for every Christ follower. All right? The the idea is not just that we enter into a real real, personal, life-changing love relationship with God, the idea is that that relationship continually grows deeper and deeper and deeper. And as it grows, it increasingly changes everything about us. So today is the call to maturity. And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 3 today, and we're going to start with Ephesians chapter 3 uh, verses 14 and 15. And I just want to say, we looked at this briefly on the week that we talked about the call to prayer. But Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus in chapter 3 is a great template for us to use when praying for caring community. It's also a great template to use as you pray for yourself. Okay, because again, 
the idea is for us as a body of believers, as a group who's gathered together because we have a call to mission, the idea is for us all as a church to be moving on to maturity. And just just so you know, I'll probably say this again, maturity is not the same as getting older, all right? We know some folks who got older, but they didn't mature at all, right? Nod your heads. You don't become, Tony, no, I'm not talking about you, but I, 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 Tony raised his hand like, yeah, that's me. No, he was saying he knows, folks. He agrees with that. And and, and again, we, we get it. But the goal is for us collectively not to just show up, but to become increasingly mature. The only way that happens is if we individually push on to maturity. So this this prayer, it's a prayer for the church, but it's also a prayer for ourselves. And again, just because we all like things that are that are similar, then we're going to talk about several G's. You could say it was a 5G message. But the first call to maturity is get close to God. And Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And it's, we're just going to look at this quick. It just says very simply, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Friends, we have, again, as I said back during the Christmas season, we have a great capacity to be familiar with spiritual Christian concepts and become desensitized to the significance of what they say. So when we talk about get close to God, it's imperative to embrace what that just said. We're just going to look at it again quickly. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. When we talk about getting close to God, what Paul subtly reminds us of, or not so subtly reminds us of, is God wants to be our Father. And he invites us into his family. Now, again, as God designed creation and human relationships, perhaps, or maybe not even perhaps, probably the closest ideal relationship there is are family connections. You know the old saying, blood's thicker than water, all right? There's a point at which God embraces us, invites us into this family relationship whereby he desires to be our father in the very perfect sense of what a father is. Protecting, caring, speaking wisdom, molding, shaping. Now again, some of us didn't have that from an earthly father. And so that that, that concept can be a little difficult to grasp. But just think about the ideal father, the perfect father, if you will. That's what God wants to be for us. So when we think about getting close, it's drawing close to God as our father. And the beauty of this is we can get as close as we want to get. The door is always open. Because I jumped into the prayer and started with verse 14, I didn't read verse 12, but verse 12 says this, In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Did you catch that? When we talk about getting close to God, 
we can approach him freely and with confidence. Just understand, God wants you to be close to him and understand the full magnitude of that. No matter how far you are from God at this particular moment, you may even be sitting there, I'm not even sure there is a God. That's okay. God wants you to be closer, whether you acknowledge it or not. And if you're incredibly close to God, God still wants you to be closer. That's, when we say get close to God, that's not just a, oh, that's a cool Christian thing we're supposed to say, but that's what he desires. But we must make the choice. God may try to get our attention, but he will never force us to draw close. Any of you ever have that aunt or uncle? Oh, give me a hug. And there was no option. You were going to get a hug whether you wanted it or not. They're going to chase you down. They're going to put you in a bear lock or headlock, and you're going to get a hug. God wants to hug you, but he's not going to chase you down and put you in a headlock. All right? You have to want to be close. But if you want even just a little bit, he will do everything in his power to make it easier. Matthew spoke to this. Matthew chapter 23. He's quoting Jesus. He said, Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent, those sent to you, how often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Jesus is looking at people and he's saying, God has something for you. He wants you to draw close. He wants you to be so close, just like a hen could gather her chicks close and put her wings over them and protect them and guide them. That's what he wants for us. But we have to want it. The call to maturity when we talk about getting close to God, God wants it. That's why he sent Jesus. We have to want it enough to say yes. Then Paul challenges us to the idea of go deep with God. Again, familiar stuff, but just look at this verse. These two verses. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, now just understand. That's what God wants for you. That's what Paul prays for the church at Ephesus. Our invitation is, will you pray that for this church? And will you pray that for yourself? Out of his glorious riches. Friends, just a reminder. God has more for you than you can even imagine. He has more to enrich your soul and enrich your life than your puny little mind can understand. He has glorious riches. We need to pray that we experience the glorious richness of his presence permeating all aspects of our lives. I pray out of his glorious riches. Imagine if you were to pray that for yourself. 
God, I pray that out of your glorious riches, you will strengthen me with power through your spirit in my inner being. Imagine if we prayed that for our church. God, I pray that out of your glorious riches, you will strengthen caring community with your power through your spirit in the very core or inner being of who we are as a church. Glorious riches strengthen you with his power through his Holy Spirit in the very core of our beings. Just imagine, just just daydream for a half a second if God did that in our midst. Imagine if God did that in your heart. And then, and then Paul gives this amazing image. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Just pause for a second. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Friends, no raise your hand, no bow your heads, no nudges. But does that describe you? Does that describe your spiritual life? If not, the only thing stopping you is you. I know I've been at this a long time. And I know some stories I tell, I tell more than once. Please understand, I may be developing dementia, but when I'm preaching, that's not always the case when I repeat myself. There are some stories that just fit, and they fit in more than one message. And some of you have heard me talk before about a story I read ages ago, but it just so fits this idea about going deeper. And it's the parents of a young boy. And they awaken in the middle of the night to a thud. Now, as parents, you understand, somebody just fell out of the bed. And they go running in there, and they say, oh, sweetie, are you okay? And he's dazed and confused. And they say, oh, oh, sweetie, are you okay? And they say, what happened? And in his childish wisdom, he says, I don't know. I guess I stayed close to where I, too close to where I got in. Friends, I wonder. I wonder how many times spiritually do we stay too close to where we got in? call to maturity is to go deeper <laughs> this is going to be way more information than you want to know all right but diana and i have a king-size bed and diana and i both sleep on a tiny sliver of the opposite sides of that bed for a while it was great because we had a giant dog who slept in the middle but now there's a mountain in between us because we've crushed down the two sides and nobody ever sleeps in the middle because it's really uncomfortable because you roll off to one side or the other. Yes, I know, we flip the mattress, still happens, all right? But friends, some of us just flat stay too close to the edge all the time. And you know what? 
Now, this is, this is, this is Wesleyan theology for those of you that are in their membership class. But friends, if you stay too close to the edge, your chances of falling out of bed are a whole lot higher. Just saying. Okay? So, get close to God. Go deep with God. I wonder if we were to pray, come Holy Spirit, have your way in me, and really, really mean it. The call to maturity, grow up in God. If we're growing deep, we need to also grow up. And you guys know this, but for most plants to grow, they need a very healthy root system. The same is true of our spiritual lives. It is our roots or what's going on beneath the surface that reveal the true maturity or immaturity of our lives. Friends, let's be candid. We can all fake it for a little while. We can all put on a happy face. We can all put on our Christian behavior. And we can all say the right things. But it is what's going on beneath the surface that really indicates whether we're growing up in God, whether there is any actual maturity taking place. It is our roots that reveal maturity or immaturity. Paul says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Friends, our maturity is not, let me, let me back up to that, rooted and established in love. Our maturity is not found in how much we know, but by the extent to which we have been transformed by the love of God. Or should I say, our being transformed, because it is continual. A love that permeates every aspect of our being and influences every action that we take, influences every word that we speak, every thought that we have. And then Paul says, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Two questions. Have you grasped that? And if so, what's different because you have? Because I don't think we can really grasp that without it grabbing us and changing us. So again, use your imagination. If you were to pray this for yourself, and I pray that you, I pray that I will be rooted and established in love, that I will have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Have you asked God to allow you to grasp that? Some of you city folks haven't had this wonderful experience of grasping the electric fence. (laughs) But when you grasp the electric fence, you know what? It grasps you as well. You feel me? Oh, yeah, I can taste it just talking about it. I really believe that when we grasp the love of God 
in the fashion Paul's talking about, I think it grabs us back. And if it hasn't, maybe I haven't really grasped it. There's a poem, and I've used it before, perhaps twice. It's called $3 Worth of God, and it's written by a man named Wilbur Reese. He says this, I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a warm cup of milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of God to make me love a black man or pick beats with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Have I grasped enough of God's love to transform me or just enough to give me the occasional warm fuzzy? Have we, has caring community, again, whoever chose to name us that needs to be challenged. What were you thinking? But imagine if a caring community were to grasp enough of God's love to transform them. To the fullest extent, uh, to the fullest extent God desires. What a thought. Call to maturity, give yourself away for God. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. First, we have to say, God, I don't want just a taste. I want to be filled. I want to be filled. Then, I mean, that's giving ourselves away. That's going back to Mary when the angel appeared to her and said, that whole thing about you're going to have a baby and I've never been with a man. And she says, here's my body. Here's my life. Here's my future. Do with me as you see fit. Well, okay. But it's also giving yourself away for God to others. When we are filled, as it says here, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And just imagine, just imagine, think about the vastness of God. Think about the incredible measure of his love. And think about that trying to be stuffed into my puny little life. If I'm filled with the measure of all the fullness of God, it's going to be sticking out all over. So I wonder, are we willing to say, God, fill us so much with the measure of all your fullness 
then it can't help but ooze out into the lives of those around us. What a crazy thought. And then finally, Paul suggests that we give the glory to God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now again, this really gets to what do you really believe about God? Whatever you can imagine for your best possible spiritual life, He can do more. Whatever you could imagine for this church, in this community, in this time frame, whatever we can imagine, He is capable of doing more. I can't guarantee you He will, but I believe with all my heart He could. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. That whole idea of where is God moving and joining him, it's not our power, it's not our programs, it's not how smart we are or what we figured out. It's his power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Diane and I, again, part of it's probably the season of life we're in. But I've been doing some groundwork and prep work with regard to this whole revision thing. And, and part of that prompts me to be looking back in time. Some of you know that with January, I always get a little bit nostalgic because it was in January of 1981 when we first moved here. And, and Diane and I, over the past several months, we've increasingly looked back and said... And then we look around and think, how did God do all this? It just doesn't make sense to us, except that he is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Sometimes through us, sometimes in spite of us. To him be the glory forever and ever. Friends, the more we give ourselves to the pursuit of maturity in Christ, the more he is able to do in us and the more he is able to do through us. It's like the parable that Jesus told in Matthew 13 when they went out to sow seed. And some of that seed that landed on good soil produced a crop of 30 times what was sown. Some of it produced a crop that was 60 times what was sown. Some of it produced a crop that was 100 times what was sown. That's a pretty good yield. That's the God who can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And I invite you, as we continue to embrace this season of revision, to take that prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 and pray it for yourself.
Stick your name in there. Personalize it in whatever way works for you. But I also encourage you to pray that prayer for your church that we might look back someday and say, oh my goodness, God did immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine when we got close to Him, when we went deep with Him, when we grew up in Him, when we gave ourselves away, and when we gave Him the glory. To Him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Pray with me. Father, what a, what a simply amazing thought that you have so much more for us as individuals and so much more for your church than it even occurs to us to ask for. Father, it is my prayer, not for the church, but for every person sitting here and every person who listens to this, that we will embrace a call to maturity, regardless of where we're at, that we would just say, God, help me to take the next step. Help me to get close. Help me to just get a little bit deeper. Help me to grow up just a bit and not be content to just grow old. Father, you have so much for us. You want so much for us. Help us to want it too and to draw close to you that together we will become the mature individuals and the mature body you've called us to be. We ask this in the power of your son's name because he is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great. A step up too, so. So, um, another one of those weeks where I'm saying, God, why did you give me this chore to do? And um, all my readings kind of kept going back to because you need to grow. And one of the, my daily verse today was actually that um, I'm going to cut off the branches that don't work. And I'm like, okay, well, I've got that. I'm going to have to start growing my roots a little bit deeper. <laughs> it was kind of his humor to me. But prayer time starts with me. I can't tell you guys to pray. I can't tell you how to pray. Um, some of us prefer to pray inside. Some pray outside. Some are very loud in their prayer. Some are very quiet. Some of it do its best when they're trying not to fall through the ice. <laughs> but prayer is personal, okay? And we all need a commitment to that personal. And we need to pray that we ourselves are growing in our faith to the Lord. We pray for the Holy Spirit to grow in our lives. And I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of Holy Spirit in this room today. And I can feel it in the music, in the laughter. Um, and the things that we look forward to. And speaking of looking forward to, um, we have this big prayer for the insert, right? And I want you to save the date. Um, so in your calendars, if you open up your calendars in your phone, save the dates for February 28th and 29th. 
We're going to ask you to, uh, we're actually going to ask, we're going to invite you to commit to some time to specifically focus on prayer. Prayer for yourself, prayer for others, prayer for this church, pray for the revision, pray for those that are lost and need our overwhelming prayers to bring them back. Um, so please uh, use your bulletin tear off here and pray until something happens because this is the big push and I'm looking forward to seeing what this church is going to do in the next who knows how long all right thank you Lori all right worship team you can come on back out